I need to get in an aircraft because I want to get up over this 100,000-watt radio signal and look down at it and just see how much splendor I can see that you guys get to just enjoy. You're just riding around underneath it, and you get to uh, get to enjoy the goodness that I'm trying to bring to you. Uh, the G, uh, excuse me, the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307, and you can get the podcast free on the free Odyssey app. Join now unplanned and totally unaware that she would be joining me joined now by the deputy coroner michelle bright you just driving around heard it on the radio said i will go by and say hello and then all of a sudden i'm like snatching you up and sticking you in the chair yep yeah that's how that happened <laughs> so for you are you are, are are you and your agents are you guys using the roop absolutely yeah I was um, honored to be able to attend the peer counseling um, conference. And, um, so, with with your with your you have eleven deputy coroners. So, when they come up on a scene, sometimes if it is something that has lingered for a few days and everything, that's going to be quite the sight when they start doing doing their craft, right? Do do they eventually? get to a matter-of-fact point or does it does the human condition always intrude um it's there yeah um it's definitely something that um you know we have to to deal with um depending if if it's a brand new or has lingered for for some time right um but you know our job is to get out there and try to find the cause and manner of death right and um give some closure to family right well you know for for some things i like i i'm aware of uh, people that i know that i'm related to that have passed away unbeknownst to anybody and then they were there for a few days and then they're found and it's always sort of a, a shock to the system i'm sure but for you guys who are first on scene you actually see it oh absolutely you see it as it is and uh well the, you know the body the body goes back to the earth it's it's headed that way so when you guys get there you have to try to are you trying to preserve their dignity i'm sure you are oh absolutely yeah every step of the way yeah yeah i can only you know uh teresa was talking about this when when you guys go out on a call you never go out on a call where you're going to find somebody alive so i mean when you're going out on a call uh do, do your people like with the peer counseling have your other people have you like when you went to them and said i just took this peer counseling and it's available to you guys if you want it Anybody sort of prick their ears up to that and say, I think I will go? Um, they're definitely looking for the next class. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. But um, congratulated me for coming. But no one's in line to talk. But I'm here, of course. If um, So do you guys have like the peer groups like the law enforcement have where you support each other? Absolutely. Every yeah. single morning yeah. we go over all our cases yep. as a team. How often do you guys get called? I mean, I would imagine it's at least daily. How many times a day? Oh, anywhere from, you know, we get all the naturals as well in hospice. Right, right. Um, but on-scene calls, I would say an average from three to ten on a daily basis. A day. Yeah. yeah. So that's a, that's a, sobering, that's a sobering profession you're in, Michelle. That's a very <laughs> sobering profession. What brought you to it? Um, it's just always been... Um, a passion of mine to uh, serve others. I was in the medical um, side of of uh, business. I right. was um, 
and then when I was a child, I was actually um, had the honor of uh, living with a um, crime scene specialist and a nurse um, for a very short time in Atlanta, and it sort of piqued my interest. And uh, do you ever have to deal with family members? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Every every single day. Every single day. So you have to. So are you, now? Is it law enforcement or you that normally? contacts the next of kin oh we always notify next of kin yeah and we usually buddy up yeah if yeah if we have the the opportunity i find it very interesting that uh like so michelle came in and she sat all the way in the back (laughs) sitting all the way in the back i saw her i see your badge and i thought maybe you worked for the chief or for for the sheriff and uh you come in i was just like okay there's a there's a police officer over there but i didn't know you were a deputy coroner but you as you were in here, you do not give any indication of the sober profession that you are in. Is that a result of you learning how to deal with this and learning using what you're taught here and all that, just the whole overview that you brought together into the profession? I think it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just uh, learning how to navigate through and, um, you know, it's just a job that I'm honored to be able to yes, do. Yes, well, I mean, it's a, it's a job that is a necessary job. I mean, it, it's in some places it's, uh, you know, in, like in, uh, thankfully, here in the upstate, the upstate exists in this bubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got, we got our law enforcement seems to have a pretty tight hold on everything. Uh, we don't have anything that I'm aware of that gets really crazy out of hand. But like in some of these inner cities, you've got body units where you have all of this homelessness and all of these uh, drug addictions and everything do we have any of that here yes we yeah. definitely do yeah. we also have the uh, substance abuse trailer right um we currently take it out to different um, events um we're definitely trying to um incorporate that with the school districts and just really educate our youth as to the different substances that are out there right. to be aware of I was talking. I was talking with. I think. I think he's either sheriff or chief McBride out of Anderson County, and he was. Uh, he was telling me that some of these people get out there and they take. They get fentanyl and Norcon or Narcan or whatever it's called, and they take enough fentanyl to try to kill themselves and then hit themselves with the Norcan because that's the kick. The buddy plan. Do, do you do you roll up on those? Some oh, of those? absolutely. I was wondering about that. I wondered how many people would miscalculate on that one. That's just mm-hmm. that's just a good time. That's not worth having at all. Not at all. Not at all. So, listen. If you leave your card with me, I promise you, I'll call you one day, and when you get there, there won't be no dead people there. <laughs> that's a deal. Yeah, you like that? I like that. I, I listen. I uh, I'm I'm thrilled that you guys are doing because I never would have thought of that. I never would have made that connection where I'm out there saying, "Oh, the coroner." Because that's all part of this first responder. You're, as a matter of fact, you're the first responder mm-hmm. in a death, aren't you? Yes, sir. Uh, when when law enforcement rolls up on it, do they just secure the scene until you guys get they there? Do. They do. And you do. guys have to go in there and get the details and do the dirty work. Yes, sir. Yeah, wow. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you were, I, I'm just, I, I find it quite interesting that you were, you have the disp- you know, the, the the disposition you seem to have. That's uh, I, you seem to control it well. I'm I I I am impressed. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> she had no idea that she was going to be up here though. She just thought she was going to get to sit back there. And we we said something about the lunch, and she was like, 
I don't have to do an expense report today. I can just have my lunch on bill. But you, you should stay for that. Get your coffee mug as you go. If you're listening to WORD, you should have a cup of coffee with WORD on it. I would love to. Thank At you. the very least. Um, I'm not going to give out any websites or anything or, or any of these things because what you, since you're the last stop, I, I just think, uh, you know, we, we, everybody should, when they, when they see your vehicles, they should sort of hat tip it. And say that's that's the that's the kind of job that only a special few hear the call to do, and they're 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 due the respect that they're trying to convey to the departed. I I just uh, tough job, Michelle. You got a tough job, <laughs> but hey, it sounds like you're sort of a. To me, it sort of seems like you're handling it, and I hope tomorrow morning when you. Uh, When you're having breakfast with us on ORD, you don't go into like some sort of like trauma trip. Like I didn't want to be on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> and next up, we're gonna we're gonna bring Teresa back in because the LT, me, the LT and I might not have covered some things. We're gonna cover all the things because we didn't cover them last time. So that's that is inbound. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. The podcast is available on the free Odyssey app. Joined again by the LT, Teresa Thompson. And uh, we did not mention a few things. So we're going to do part two and try to get those mentioned as well. Um, Firefighters. They are also first responders who can partake of upstate warrior solutions yes 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. we had two greenville city firefighters attend our most recent training right now i would imagine these i mean all of these guys you've got coming in here they have a very unique set of things that they encounter and that they see and everything else do you have to go out and get specialized people to deal with the various things that they they, they come across i think that's a yes and a no <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a yes, no. Yeah. Um, I think, I think peer support's always the first step. Right. And then peers are trained to recognize if somebody needs additional assistance. Right. We are lucky uh, in this area to have Bob Gamble, who's retired uh, lieutenant from Greenville Police Department, has his own counseling service, and he he does something called EMDR, which has been. Um, which has helped a lot of people. I've seen it help a lot of people firsthand. So we're very lucky to have him as part of our building, and he'll be on one of your future shows. Okay. And I'm sure he would love to talk to you more about that. But he is somebody who specifically deals with crisis and trauma, and he's and he, and he does a wonderful job with it. You know, one thing that I thought about uh, when we started talking to you, uh, during the Afghanistan pullout, right, the way that was handled, um, I'm sure there were a lot of veterans sitting around going, why did we do what we did? Why, why did I lose my buddies? Did I do something wrong? And when, when that happened on, uh, on my syndicated show, I got out there and I said, you guys all did your job. You owe nobody nothing. You have nothing to be sorry for. There's no question about it. You were professional. Did, do you have a bunch of people that come to you with, with various little benchmark moments in time that, that they're just, 
zeroed in on that that you guys have to dispel and, and explain to them to where they understand that, hey, you know, <laughs> Do you run across that? I mean, yeah. Yeah. That, that's a very wide open field, yeah. I know. And when I'm when I'm not getting into detail on it, it can be anything. Yeah, it can. And, you know, August 26th was very difficult two years ago. That's when the 13 were, were killed in Afghanistan. Right. And that hit home for for so many people, whether they served or whether they didn't, because you can't control. You can only control what you can control. And right. for veterans, for first responders, sometimes you feel like you can control more of what's going on, but you really can't. Right. You can control very little, which is the way you react to something. You can't control politicians. You can't control decisions that people make um, from different locations. You can't control that. You can do the best you can with the information you have at right. that moment in time, and right. that's really all you have control over. So I, I, my last duty station was uh, 101st Airborne, and in the 101st Airborne Museum, 90% of the 101st Airborne Museum is de dedicated to the Gander-Newfoundland disaster when the peacekeepers were coming back for Christmas and they crashed and Reagan was the commander in chief. And, um, there's multiple, and that still, that still ripples in the community of the 101st airborne to this day. And that was, uh, that was nearly 40 years ago. And I kind of think that that internalizing peer support that came out of it, we had a we had the best commander in chief we could have had at the time when that happened. There's there's pictures of Reagan in the middle of the grieving family, crying with him, and uh, those are the kind of things that you have to deal with. Those are the things kind of things that come across your desk. These remembrances that these guys come to with you. Um, well, look, Bill. I just, how are you keeping it together? Well, I just noticed. Um, your reaction yeah and the look on your face and what that means to you <clears throat> i think it's important to note the bond you don't have to know the person wearing the patch or right. the badge right standing next to you the fact that they do matters right you, it's it's and i always explain it as love and a lot of people don't like to use that word it's profound deep love right. for your fellow service member or your fellow officer or your fireman it's so hard to explain to people who have never been in that position, but when you have to deal with crisis with somebody, you have to be on the same page. You have to have so much trust and confidence in them. It really is love, and I talk about that a lot whenever I'm talking about specifically law enforcement, right? Because they sometimes get put in a in a negative light. And I always remind people they're driven by love. They're law driven by love. Law enforcement is in a hard position. I mean, when they get set on on these things that the people think, well, they overreacted or something like that. They get a call and they're somewhere in their car. And they get to drive that car to that location knowing they're going to something that's sort of dangerous. And they get to think about that as they go. And they get all those physiological changes that go with them because none of these guys are Rambo because nobody's Rambo. Every, everybody's human and everything else. Then they get there and they're expected to perform and perform precisely. That's a, that's a very heavy burden to put on a young person. That's why I recommend books like On Killing yeah. and On Combat by Colonel Grossman. Yeah. He really talks about the physio Rex, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He talks about the physiological changes that you and I can't control. There's auditory, there's visual, there's rapid heartbeats, adrenaline. It impacts us all the same, and you can't train the emotion or the human condition out of people. It's always going to be there regardless. Have you guys had to deal with anybody in uh, law enforcement that's had to bring lethal force and they're trying to deal with that? Because it isn't like it is on Sunny, you know, it's not like Sunny Crockett. I mean, when they do that, there's a whole lot, lot of things happening. 
Yeah, so I have, in my law enforcement experience, um, this is new at Upstate War Solution, and South Carolina Law Enforcement Assistance Program is really the organization that comes in and does the debriefings after critical incidents, so they certainly deal with it more than we do. Right. But at the end of the day, police officers are not do not leave their house thinking I'm going to take somebody's life today. Right. They, they leave saying, I'm going to save how many lives today. Right. And unfortunately, they are put in situations sometimes that require that. And, and yeah, it's tough. Yep. It's tough when you when you have that in your they mind. They have to go, too, unlike right. me. You know, I, I carry a weapon as a concealed carrier, but I have no moral obligation to go. When they get the call, they got to go. Right. They, gotta they go. don't get to choose. They got to go, and yeah. they got to deal with it. Right. They got to they bring it to an end. And, uh, yeah, that's a, that was, that's an interesting mindset that they have to cultivate. I thought about going into law enforcement when I got out of the military, and I was like, nah, I don't think I'm going to do that. I don't think I'm going to do that. Just because, of the, just because of the stuff they get put under. So I, I can only imagine the military mindset that you had to deal with when you were a lieutenant in the police department. If it came in, that, that sort of has to change, doesn't it? That sort of has to evolve, if you will with an officer when they're coming in there. They're not in combat now. Now they're having to be a psychologist, and they're going to have to know the law to a certain degree, and they might have to be a counselor, and they might have to convert a child. There's no telling what they're going to have to do in a day. Especially our National Guard men and women yeah. and our reservists because yeah. they're, they're policing the city of streets of the city of Greenville today. They may get deployed next month. And we then they'll be back that. in a year. We haven't even talked about yeah. the reserve component. Yeah. In the they'll National be back Guard. in a year, and then and then you say go forth and conquer and go be go do your job, and they need time to transition. You may have to stay through the next segment. <laughs> We're missing all these things that keep popping up, and I, I as I begin to understand, you know, I, I was aware of the scope, and at the same time, I was never aware of the scope. Because when I was in the military, it was just about execution. It was about, you know, getting the mission and going out there and bringing it to, you know, here, here's your objective, go out and do it. And uh, they, I was, it was nice that they left me to my own devices on that. <laughs> but as far as the rest of it was concerned, uh, you know, I never got out there and said to myself, oh, I was, um, I'm a part of such a big overall organization and machine. We're this, we're that. We just walked out there on the battlefield and thought we were gods back in those that's a, that's the next question I need to we need to talk about. We need to, we have not talked about the gym. Oh, yes. We haven't talked about the gym, so we got to talk about the gym. And I, I, mean, I would imagine the gym, while it probably for some people it's I'm going to go in and get some uh, some reps. For some people it has to be therapeutic. So you need to, you know, if you want to go get a cup of coffee, something you got to be back here. You got to be back here in the next segment because we got other stuff to cover. LT, got other it. Stuff to co- can't <laughs> leave nothing unturned on this one, not at all. Upstate Warrior Solutions. This is a. Uh, it's a small building with a massive undertaking. Talking to Teresa Thompson, she's the chief operating officer here. This is News Talk ninety-eight nine WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. You can get the podcast. It is available on the free Odyssey app. It don't cost nothing. Joining me now is the facility manager here at Upstate Warrior Solutions, Lindsay Asher. I'm told that you 
know all about the gym, for example. Tell me, now the gym, how many people are coming to the gym to actually just work out? And how many are going there as sort of a rehabil- you know, therapeutically? What do you guys offer in there? Well, we got a lot. We have CrossFit. We've got yoga. We've got some people that just come there to hang out. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Well, that's therapeutic. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's therapeutic. Do they dr- at least dress out and everything so that they look like they do? Been, yeah. So they're, we they're even have one of those out. fun, uh, <laughs> fun little therapeutic pools. Right. That people deep dive into with the ice. I don't know. It's crazy. I didn't. I have not seen the pool. It's I'll in ha- the back. I'll show okay, you. Okay, I'll have to check out the pool. The deep dive <laughs> pool. It must be a small pool. It's very small. But it's deep. Yes, but some big guys go into it. So these must be the naval guys. Right. Because when I was in the Army, you know, they made me drown-proof, but I made sure that I didn't drown so that I could pass and not do it no more. Right. Yeah. With with you guys, that uh, with, with what you do, you're actually one of the – so if Teresa is the planner, you're the mechanic. We'll you're, go with you're that. The, you're the one executing what's going on here, right? We'll go with that. So – as the one that's executing what goes on here, uh, how many evolutions have you gone through, and do you think you guys are doing everything you're going to do? I have lost count with how many evolutions we've gone through. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't tell you how many more we have. Because that's, that's pretty wide open. It's so never ending. Do you, do you guys, when you're out there, like if you, do you actually ever plan with a, and say, and this is it? Do you, you never plan and say, this is the end. It's always open-ended and you guys are just going to keep on going. Always open-ended. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is this building going to be enough? I don't think so. Yeah. Maybe another one or an addition. Are you going to build up? <laughs> if you build up, you can make a deeper pool. Right. <laughs> Let's not get too many ideas. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm just trying. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to help you. Just trying. To help you. So, um, what other? So, besides the physical end of it, with the physical end, do you have people coming in that seem sort of lost, but then they use the physical thing as sort of a way to find their way back, and then they open up and go to Teresa looking for other services? Is that Ab- sort of a absolutely a gateway? So we may have some guys or, or girls that have been on the couch for months years right, right right they get out of their house and they say oh there's a gym here they get in the gym and then we shuffle them over to Teresa or our other staff members right i would imagine that i would imagine with some people you probably have some a, a degree of fear isn't it they, they don't know how the system's going to work mm-hmm. they've never tried it or like see i tried it and it was just too complicated for me to maneuver so i just said okay and i just never part i've i've been out of the army for 33 years mm-hmm. and i've never partaken of any of it right Although Serge is going to get me in there sooner or later. <laughs> Serge will get you in there. Yeah. Uh, Do you we, know why I call him Serge? I'm sure there's a reason. I'd well, have you ever him. seen a movie called Beverly Hills Cop? Yes. Okay, you remember when Eddie Murphy's got the guy called, he comes up, yeah, I'm Serge, would you like a little, I put a little lean twist in it, you remember that? <laughs> that's great, yes. <laughs> that that's, that's your guy, that's Serge, you've got him right here, that's the guy. So, look, there's big. There's Big Rich right there. <laughs> That's great. No, I, our gym is great, right? Right. So we we've have all kinds of different people coming in there. We've got a great coach that knows how to take them at whatever level they're at, whatever physical level, whatever mental you know, level they're at. They could be having their worst day and come out having their best day. So you have CrossFit coaches that, are, that have almost psychological perception. Is that what you're telling me? Absolutely. Well, that seems like quite that. Who hired? Who did you guys hire for that? Or is that you? Or we've got Taylor Sterling. No, it's not me. Okay. And we've got Taylor Sterling doing that. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of been all over in the CrossFit world in the upstate. And but at and the same time, here. he has that that 
mental acumen to be able to recognize him. Yep. So does he ever come to you and say, listen, I got this guy. And he he's has, just now opening yep. up to me, but I think this is some. Yep. This I, I think you need to direct him in another direction. Yeah, he has a few times. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we've got the staff to to help him out with that, so it's great. So this is almost like you guys are almost. This is almost like a. a uh, you guys are like the the uh, circulatory system. You guys all feed into each other, don't you? Exactly. Yeah. We've got the mechanics and the circulatory. Circulatory. You got the planners. System. You got the mechanics. And then you right. got people like Taylor, who apparently is a. That's a that's a special breed too, mm-hmm. I, I would imagine. So, of the ones that you have coming through, do you ever have some that, or or, or do you guys reach them? I can only imagine that you reach them. I kind of I get this sort of sense that you guys are a little bit tenacious when somebody comes in and says, "I have an issue." If they if they do that, you sort of get the hooks in on them, and you're not going to let them go until you get them a resolution. We do. I mean, we're gentle about it. Sure. You know, right? We're we're not going to scare them away. We right. don't want to do that. Right. Okay. But um, but we help them as much as we can. Um, it's. But see, you know, and and here's the thing. Here's the thing. A lot of people that fit your criteria don't know you're here yet. Right. And that's what I want to see change. Mm-hmm. And by putting a putting a face on it and putting a label on it and uh you know saying well we got this and we got this and we got this i mean i haven't this this isn't even the tip of the tip of the iceberg of of the depth that comes out of uws so i just find this is uh this is just uh one of these things that it bothers me that there's a veteran down on main street that is he's in the va but he's broke he's homeless it bothers me that there's somewhere there's a law enforcement kid that's uh, he's he's using some sort of uh, liquid therapy. Mm-hmm. You know? They don't reach out. They don't know. Uh, but we're here to help them, right? So, but when that's they get but the when they get here, that's that's when they that's right. when when you guys are like you guys are like a gentle bear trap, right? Gentle, that's great. A I gentle love bear trap. I'm going to use that. Is 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 LT? Is she like Davy Davy Crockett and you're Daniel Boone? Is that what? That <laughs> that's that's perfect. That, you right? like that? Okay, that's good. Well, I can see LT doing. It. I can see LT. I I haven't seen Catherine in here. I kind of Catherine is she's shirking her duty. But okay. that's okay. That's okay. You know, I I think we I think we're trying to cover all of this stuff. Listen, I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Uh, they roped you into this, right? You didn't even want to do it, did you? I did. Actually. You did? Okay, cool. We just had the deputy coroner come in here, and she just thought she was in here for the lunch, and she was going to be a spectator, and I brought her up. <laughs> well, she's scared. We got problems. Huh? If she's scared of coming on radio, we got problems. I, well, she, she was she was quiet. She was quiet. But, I mean, hey, she pu- she held it together. So, yeah, nobody, nobody, nobody. In, in this room today, nobody is uh, exempt. <laughs> Lindsay, thank you very much for taking the time to join me. Appreciate I'm sure you. you and I will be talking again later on. Appreciate it. I'm sure that's happening. When we get back, I'm going to tell you why this place exists. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD.
All right, the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. You can find the podcast on the free Odyssey app. Don't cost nothing. I'm going to tell you something, and uh, this, you, most of you already know this, but uh, you, you, it all happens in the undercurrent, doesn't it? Right now today, just in Greenville, and in every it is covered in this radio signal, you got sheriff's deputies out you got city cops out you got firefighters out somewhere out there coroner's offices are going to places and they're going to find somebody's loved one the last time you got emts that are going out pulling people out of cars and then these are just the guys working today you have a bunch of people that have done that in days gone by some of them might be your neighbor some of them might be your uncle these are people that go out and they do something nobody wants to do. Nobody wants to do it. Very few people want to do it. I mean, uh, military, law enforcement, it is a call. You hear a call. Nobody gets out there and says to themselves, I'm going to become a millionaire by becoming a sheriff's deputy. Nobody says to themselves that they're going to become successful in any particular field by going in the military. So for a place like this to exist... For it to be successful, anybody that's out there that is a veteran needs to know it. Anybody that's out there that is active needs to know it because it's a resource that will take their life. And if it if it's if it's if it's in one of these places, because some of these guys, some places are dark. Some of these places are very dark for people to go. And. Most, most, uh, most people that you're going to find of this particular persuasion, they're going to internalize this. And they're going to hold it in. And this gives them an outlet to, to deal with it. It gives them an outlet to close it. And, you know, it's, it, I mean, it may just simply be that they need credit repair. This gives them a way to do this. They may need a way to become mobile again. This is a way to do this. They may need a ride to a medical appointment. They, they have something here to do this. They have legal services here. And the people that this serves, right? I mean, I've seen all kinds of lot. I've got, I've got an animal control officer over here. These guys are out there every day. They're out there every day in the undercurrent. With, and we don't know that they're there. That's how good they are. We're actually quite lucky in this region because they do the job well. They execute well. Some of you may not feel that way, and I, I completely understand that because nobody's ever going to agree with everything I have to say about this. But military veterans, when, when they join, they're told they're, told they're going to get this and that and the other if they, if they give service. And then everybody in the military that joins, nobody joins in the military. Well, I, I'm not going to say that, but most people that join the military are young. So they give their youth to the country. And then they get out, and nobody tells them how to get all, the, all these promises that are made to them. Nobody tells them how to get them back. Till now. Till now. Upstate Warrior Solutions. It is a vehicle by which your loved one, who's a veteran, your loved one, who's a first responder, your loved one's in law enforcement, firefighter, dog catcher, coroner, whatever it is, your loved one 
And it's not and, – and don't think of it as help. All they need is direction. And this supplies that direction. And that's why something like this exists. I saw – you know, I'm not even going to go into the text line because somebody did shoot a text in there that I kind of found uh, – well, somebody said it was a slow news day. No, it's, this, is, this is an ongoing thing. This was going on well before whoever texted that texted it came alive. It's going to go on for a long time after this. So this is not a slow news day. This is a this is a this is here day. This is available day. And for those of you that do the deed, come sign up. And those for you who have done the deed, come sign up. It's a way to finish that which you started. That's the problem with this kind of service because it, inevitably, like all things, it ends. And then you're there, and then you're like, okay, what's next? They're the answer. They have the what's next here for you. I'll be back with you in about 22 hours. And it is very much my pleasure to tell you that this is News Talk 98.9, W-O-R-D, the voice of the Carolinas. <laughs>